Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Scuzz, Banquet Beer Scouse Focus is a celebration, boys. That's right, baby. Um, I, I do need to, just right off the top, uh, mention to our, our friends, the uh, Home Field Athletics, that their uh, women's lacrosse shirt needs updating um, for Northwestern. Officially it, obsolete. Only seven, only seven stars on it. They need to throw on an eighth. I might get out my purple Sharpie and draw on an eighth star on my own shirt uh, for the eighth national championship for Northwestern women's lacrosse. That's right. Uh, Cats win the natty, baby. Let's do it. It's so funny. There was, and and this is maybe cart before the horse because there was a this epic day of sports that this national championship was part of for Northwestern. And at some point in one of these two games, one of the announcers made a reference to the ability to appreciate a great moment while you're in the moment. I think maybe it was in the the softball game. But the ability, you know, that that you're so lucky when you can actually step back and appreciate how big something is right as it's happening. And because of the nature of this team, and we'll talk about the specifics and um, of, of all of, of all of this, but I think a lot of people's minds went to kind of mini dynasty territory as soon as this happened because of the wealth of riches coming back. And I think it's so important to appreciate what this team just within this season was. Because I was looking at, and I mean, I we spent so much time talking with Noah Kaufman a couple weeks ago about that Michigan game. And I think part of the reason we had such a long conversation is that third Michigan game ran counter to everything we've seen from this team since February. And it's it's crazy Effectively, if you want to find a truly close game that was close all the way till the very end that this Northwestern lacrosse team played, and you don't count that third Michigan game, you have to go all the way back to late February where Northwestern beat a team by one. The same team they absolutely destroyed in the national title game. And I'm just... The, I think, again, there's so much talk about all the talent on this team, all the talent that's returning, everything that's going on in the program right now. I am just what this team was for the back three quarters of this season with the talent that was on the roster this year just blew me away. It's as good as I've ever seen any Northwestern team play. It's as dominant as as we've ever seen a Northwestern team be. E- even even during the the, the dynasty era, era, right, where they, they won – six in a row um you you didn't i think it was six in a row right and then five five in a row five in a row row. sorry thank you um even during those years i mean the hallmark of northwestern was their defense their draw controls and and they, they dominated the game in that way but but many many games were won by one or two goals that was their formula i mean i ironically like they were they were what Denver is now in in many different ways, and we talked about the the, the um, we didn't use the word irony, but it is it, you know there was some irony to that um, that we discussed on our last podcast. But you they they always had like dynamite scorers, right? Um, Shan Smith and Christian Gelman and others like, but I don't think we've ever seen the the momentum build. I don't think I've ever seen the momentum build in any team I've ever followed um, like we saw this year. And, and John, you comped uh, you comped this team to Alabama or Georgia earlier in the season, kind of like in a Hey Northwestern fans, like if you ever wondered what it'd be like to cheer for Alabama or Georgia, this is it. And I think the, the bookending the season with wins over, I mean, yes, they lost the very, very first game to Syracuse, but, but their first win of the season and their last win of the season were both against Boston college. And we remarked last week that neither Syracuse nor Boston College had seen this version of Northwestern because Haley Radigan wasn't playing. Skane in those first two games of the year was still, you know, finding her way both both physically and, you know, chemistry-wise with her teammates. Um, but, but the determination to dominate and the momentum that has built up this year for this team has been 
like nothing I've ever seen in a, in a team that I've, that I've cheered for. And, and just the utter dominant, like we talked all season long about how they slammed the door in the second half. And, you know, looking back at, at that Denver game, right? That's, that's uh, the most impressive Denver thing is up, to me. Yeah. yeah. Denver is up four to two after the first quarter. And like the, that Denver defense was insane. Like it, I was just like, what is, this is crazy. We couldn't get any good looks. It was just absolutely stifling. And then the second quarter rolled around and a switch flipped for nothing cats in the second, you know, go into halftime up six to four. And then the second half comes and it just rolls five goals in the third, another four in the fourth, 15 to seven final Denver had not given up more than nine goals all season long. That's exactly what I mean when I, when I say determination, like that is determination, like the, like the tangible version of what I'm talking about there. Right. Like, like, and there, there are other, there are other points you can point to in the season that the, the round of 16 game against Michigan, um, being uh, close at half in a number of different games throughout the course of the season against big time opponents and the the mental fortitude to not only adjust but um but dominate and take over and not panic uh in in the second halves um has been remarkable and it was yeah it was on display against Denver and then to see them not just take that game over but but really run Denver off the field as, as the game went along and you could see the pioneers start to get frustrated and start to get a bit, you know, go, go a bit beyond, uh, the, uh, the rules of physicality, et cetera. And that, you know, kind of burned them late. That certainly amplified some of the the scoring differential, but regardless, like once you got past halftime, I mean, Northwestern absolutely owned them and then did not miss a beat as they took that forward into, the championship game and like the final score of 15 7 was you know that was it wasn't that close it it wasn't even that close like denver scored the last two goals one with 19 seconds left like it was a 15 5 they went to a running clock with five minutes left in the semifinals and we'll talk about running clocks here in just a sec put in our backup goalie yeah yeah and and yeah so and denver scored a couple just to cut it you know 15 to 7 to make the look just slightly closer but like utter domination after just looking like the way they looked in the first quarter just discombobulated and it just it it clicked and then you know spinning it forward to to sunday before we before we get there there's there's one thing like i don't know schematically is maybe not the right word but like you know, in in the Michigan game, Michigan was really forcing Northwestern to take a lot of outside shots, really disrupting their their you know their ability to get into the lane or get into the circle and and and, and shoot um, the way they like to. Denver, um, I feel like was disrupting Northwestern in a di- in a slightly different way. It was Denver was defending you know the the way Northwestern likes to pass into that circle um, and shore and score short range goals extremely effectively. And I feel like, I feel like they forced Northwestern to just work and think in a different way. Um, and, and I, I, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, right? Like there's, there's only a, a, there's only a handful of different ways you can defend, uh, teams. It's, it's, it's having the personnel and the athletic ability and, and, and the, the coaching prowess to execute something like that. Right. It's what we talked about with Michigan after the round of 64 game, like North Carolina is pretty much the only team left on the, on the calendar that can, uh, or on the potential schedule that that can shut Northwestern down the way Michigan did, Denver found a slightly different way to do it, and uh, North, Northwestern adapted in, in just incredible fashion. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is this team has had that other gear. It's so funny you talked about the the will to win and the competitive spirit, and I was drawn to something because I believe it was on this broadcast the the broadcast before the national title game. It was either before the Denver game or it was before the national title game. Fitz visited this team and they showed some footage of Fitz visiting the lacrosse team. And I was very struck by, on one hand, how perfect that was. And on the other hand, how incongruous it was. Because on one hand, you talk about this will to win. And of course, that's Fitz, right? So much of Fitz is building that culture, instilling that will to that will to win, um, right? Like, 
finding all the things that make Northwestern special and hitting on all of those things, right? And doing things in the Northwestern way. And of course, all of those things very much match up with the Northwestern lacrosse team. On the other hand, second half adjustments. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. But then, but hey, hey, Ke- is, hey, Kelly, can you uh, can can make it come <laughs> to your coaching clinics? Well, hey, my my intent here not to throw shade in that way. I sorry. My intent. So I I would say right. So much of what Fitz does best, and so much of what the program has done best, right, is to in competition with those Alabamas, those Georgias. It's more specifically those Ohio States, those Michigans, right? Find the guys who can get maximum success at Northwestern. Bring those guys in. Polish up that, those diamonds. Think in terms of a team as opposed to an individual and find the right fit and build those special teams. The team that he visited <laughs> is just the big bad wolf. The team he was visiting is the steamroller. It is a team that every other team in the country would grab every Northwestern starter in a second. They are utterly dominant. And to me, the perfection of the national championship game wasn't just how smooth the ride was. And it was so smooth the entire time. It was as as a Northwestern fan, I don't did any of us even know what to do with that? I was like, I don't get this. This is do we just sit back and relax now? I don't know how this works. Um, but it wasn't just that. It was the way the game turned into a showcase for every single star on this team, right? Because we've even been guilty a little bit of focusing on the the four lead attackers, right? And Aaron Koykendall, simply because they're pouring goals in. But Sam Smith was an absolute draw control monster in this game. To the point that Boston College just kept subbing new players in, in this kind of vain hope that it would somehow stop the bleeding because she was just winning every draw control. Um, and then Molly Liberty, who was incredible, right? I mean, we were joking. All it's like season. Best all player season, from a yeah. mass. Yeah, all, all season. We were joking. Best player from a, a Massachusetts college in this game by far was the girl from Tufts. Because she just right was the best the the best goalkeeper in Division Three, and then switched to Northwestern and won herself a national title. And we haven't even talked about the player who was named the player of the player game. of the game, Sam player of the game, Sammy White, right? Whose defense was unbelievable. I mean, it was so poetic that she actually got a goal at the end of this one. It was she was a wall, and she led a defense. I mean, Kendall Halpern, Carly Mahoney, Boston College was just. They just couldn't do anything. There was that one period where it was like mid-third, and except for one 40-second stretch, Boston College hadn't scored in the entire game. And the announcers did a really good job of highlighting just how good every single player and Northwestern was. But the takeaway, and this takes me back to what I was saying off the top of like appreciating what this team was this year, is you're never going to see a team so stacked at every single position playing such perfect lacrosse and dominating at this level. I mean, you might see a team as good at some point, but it's like, appreciate what you saw this year. Cause this team was just special. So I, I, I think I texted you guys like midway th- I don't know if it was third, third quarter or what, but um, I think it said something to the effect of like real talk, Sam, uh, Sammy white and, and Mahoney have, have basically like, they're the ones that sparked this team to, to rebound. Um, uh, and I'm talking about the Denver game because, you know, Denver was up four two, and then then they Northwestern just did not allow them to score. And and I and I think yeah. something that we've talked so much about the adjustments that allow the offense to take over in the second half of games, but there's another side to that, which is the adjustments that have that have come on defense. Which I mean, the number of times whether it's been La Liberty especially especially on like um uh free position shots where uh where players have a free run and free shot at her from from the circle um or where you know white or mahoney have just been been not just a wall but but forcing turnovers in uh in in critical incredible ways and those are the things that i felt like i started to see that came before the goals uh, the turnaround that Denver game. Um, and so I just, it's, it, it's, it's 
just really important to give those players their due because this 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 defense was incredible. I mean, I like I mentioned earlier, you know, the 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 dynasty years were marked by just really smart, like situational lacrosse and 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 just like designing a team to execute the game perfectly. Like you own the draw control, you run around like crazy. This was in the days before the shot clock, by the way. You right. run around like crazy, keep the ball. Remember the Kester twins, like in that first year, like just the, playing keep away from everyone. Um, and then you had a couple of just dominant scorers that that you could go to to get just enough goals to make it happen. The 2011, I think it was 2011. The 2011 team was the one that was maybe a little bit different where Taylor Thornton was the, was the star of that team from the defensive end. Um, I believe led the team in goals as well, but you just, you didn't have the other offensive pieces uh, uh, to, to complement her in the way that this team was dominant and elite on both ends of the field. And it's just, it's, it's, I mean, we, we you know, we could go on with, with, plaudits for this team for for eons but that is something that to me really stands out as as a a difference uh for this squad there are two specific things that i wanted to add about sammy white and i know scuzz you have done a really good job of 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 kind of following some of this stuff and and finding some of these the ways specific ways in this and these things are important the first thing i want to address is an on-field thing which is watching sammy white defend um one thing that becomes really, really clear, if if like us, and I think this includes a lot of you out there, you are not a lacrosse diehard historically and have not logged 100 plus career lacrosse games the way that we have with football, right? Or even basketball. And you learn, so you learn a lot. You're always learning. And one of the things you learn is just how easy it is to foul, right? There are so many ways it's it's very much they're so conscious of like what you have to do to protect the players it is so easy to get hurt with one of those sticks you see it happen all the time that the refs are doing everything they can to try to limit incidental contact and then you watch someone like Sammy White defend and you watch the way that she does it so cleanly and the athlete that jumped to my mind watching her defend this year was Veronica Burton because it's hard lateral movement. It's hard lateral movement. It's reacting and moving side to side and you have to be glued to someone and you can't foul them in a situation where it's so easy to cheat, right? It's so easy to try to give yourself up and have the stick do a little bit of the work, have your arms do a little bit of the work when it's all legs. And those two are just incredible at it. And again, just watching White sticking to players like glue and not fouling and doing it cleanly is just so impressive to watch. Well, I can't, um, I can't, I can't remember how many of the charging uh, calls she right. drew against Denver, but like that's you, right. You, when we when we talked to Noah Kaufman about uh, several weeks ago, previewing both of these these postseasons for spring sports, he talked about when when lacrosse played North Carolina and something that North Carolina was just frustrated by that weekend was that Northwestern was always able to get a shoulder in front of them. And that that, you know, that it's it's positioning. It's it's just like basketball, John, to your exact point. Um and so I I can't remember if if White drew one or two or 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 even zero. I I I just cannot remember who drew those fouls, but it's indicative of what you're saying and I just like Burton was incredible at stealing the ball and forcing turnovers, but she was also just elite at staying in front of players and not letting them buy and drawing charges in, in the right moment. And it just like, yeah, what you're saying there just makes so much sense. And you talk about turnovers. I mean, the way Northwestern was getting turnovers in both games, the Denver game and the Boston college game, like they were taking the ball away. I mean, you talked earlier about the draw control domination, but even then to, you know, to get turnovers, you know, open field turnovers uh, was just, so special to watch. And going back to something you said, Sammy, about the Denver game, but also applying it to the Boston College game, how frustrated both of those teams were getting. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Those those teams climbed deep inside their own heads. And the charges was part of it, but the defense was part of it. And it's just building frustration and, and taking a team out of their game. It's funny. Talking about Burton, this is one of the reasons uh, 
the Dallas Wings are currently one of the better teams in the WNBA, and Veronica Byrne is starting for that team, despite the fact that she's not one of the top scorers. Why do you all think that is? It's because <laughs> they they have Erica Gumbawale uh, to uh, to do the scoring, and they look to Veronica for the defense. But um, the other really important thing, and and Northwestern has done a really good job of highlighting this, but it's really important relative to the Sammy White piece, is we mentioned Taylor Thornton earlier. And the, I mean, it's a reality of the sport that lacrosse is a very, very white sport. And it is a sport that is not as diverse as some of the, I mean, even, you know, compare it with softball, right? I mean, it's not close to as diverse as softball. And when you have key representation and diversity, um, in the sport at a really high level, even if it's just one or two players, the impact is huge. That, that, and how do we know? That's the start. Yeah. That, that's the beginning. Right. And how do we know that? Because Sammy White told us that that was the effect of watching Taylor Thornton for her. That she and her dad, when she was young, went and visited, went and watched Northwestern play at Towson in the women's Final Four. And she was a she was a very young girl. I don't think she'd even played lacrosse at that point. And she saw the team and she was like, that team's best player is a black girl. That's the team I'm going to root for. And that's, I mean, it's like, that's the moment. And then that seed is planted right there. And that girl grows up to be one of the best defensive lacrosse players in the entire country. It just, it matters so much. And it's those kind of things where it's like, we, we've talked, for example, about how important it is for, you know, to have an African-American athletic director in Derek Gregg, right? Not just because it's the right thing to do in a general sense, but because who knows how many moments you count where an athlete is walking down the hall and passes their athletic director and has an interaction, you know, where they can remark to themselves, hey, my athletic director is black, I'm black. And that that matters. And there's just no way to quantify that. But you have a moment where someone like Sammy White, and then you th- you think, right? And you think, she's so good. She was the player of the game in the national title game. And we put up a tweet, you know, talking about that was very noticed within the black lacrosse community. It was a celebrated, important event that Sammy White was the player of the game in this game. And you only have to look at White's own experience to be like, there are young girls who are going to watch her and have for the past two years. I'm going to watch her for the next two years. And it's going to make a really big impact on those girls. So, I mean, again, it's in addition to, and there's, you should, Northwestern Athletics has a great video up of it. Um, You should go to their page. You should watch the video that features interviews with White and Thornton and really drives all these points home. But it's one more reason that this team that was so dominant is also a very important team with a very important player. Absolutely. It's awesome that you know she's able to have that platform and able to 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 go forward and like like you said it, it's what, just one or two now but that that blow that blooms that develops that grows Th- that makes the sport more inclusive that gets more people involved and lacrosse is a great game I mean you're seeing it more and more that how many people are playing lacrosse now it's not just an East Coast game anymore there were three different time zones represented for the first time in the uh in the final four this year denver from the mountain time zone that that's the furthest west ever and and like northwestern was the furthest west for how how for how many years northwestern was the furthest west team to have done x and now denver it's moving west and 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 that's awesome uh, on the men's side, Notre Dame won today to yeah. claim their very first national championship. And I don't, I don't know the men's side well enough to know if anybody else, you know, in the, you know, cl- close to the edge of the Eastern Time Zone has ever has ever done that before. But um, it's I, like the game is growing. Diverse growth is valuable because it brings different experiences. It brings different ways of thinking. Like. That's that's how the game evolves and beca- and, and and stays dynamic. And um, I, John, I, I echo everything you said. I think I think I think you hit the nail on the head. And and it's um, it's a it's exciting to see 
it's exciting for me to see my team and my school a part of that and to be celebrating that and to be recognizing the value and the power of that. So, um, yeah, just fantastic. Now that we talked about how special this team is and how special this season is, let's talk about who's coming back. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's, 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 spin, let's spin this forward. Because, you know, you have someone who just set the career Northwestern goal-scoring record with 99 goals, Izzy Skein. She's a grad student, but guess what, folks? She's coming back. She's got another year. It's, I mean, it's almost easier. Look, we benefited this season from two phenomenal transfers in Haley Radigan and Molly LaLiberty. They were both grad transfers. Their college career is done. We are waiting on a decision from Aaron Koikendall one way or another. There you go. It's just shorter to do it that way. Everyone else is back. All of the other names they talked about so much in this national championship game, they're all back. You like you want the arguably the best defender in the country, play the game in the national championship game. We have Sammy White for two more years. You want the player who dominated draw controls in a national title game. We have Sam Smith for two more years, right? We have all these other players. Emerson Bowling, right? We have her for several more years. Madison Taylor, um, first year. Madison Taylor, yeah, the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot. The best first year in the country who lit Boston College on fire to start this game. Um, it's and, – and right. And it's like – there's so much young talent returning on this team. Mahoney is back. Halpern is back. So the whole defense is back. Um, and and then, right. And that would be everything if you weren't also returning. Potentially, like, arguably one of the, the greatest top, you know, probably top five NCAA lacrosse players ever. I mean, uh, we, we could pretty all. much just say, like, the Twarton winner. I mean, if, if she's not right. the Twarton winner, then something wrong oh, has happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I right. just, I want to, I want to go back to our last pod where we remarked that, uh, Izzy was sitting on 89 goals. She needed nine goals to tie her, her, her own single season record of 98 from, uh, 2021. And she scored 10 goals in the national semifinal and national championship games combined. Um, she was an absolute force to be reckoned with. I mean, like there's early on in the Boston college game and, um, gosh, John, I hope nobody from, from, from Boston saw your tweet, but it was, it was spectacular because Izzy took the ball from, uh, from a Boston college player on the ride and absolutely just barreled down the goal, (laughs) the goalkeeper. Um, I know which I know which tweet you're talking about right now because I was under the impression until right at, right this exact moment that you had sent this tweet. No, no, that that, that so that now was we're mine. looking it up. That was mine. <laughs> oh, that was you. Sam. That was well me. Done. Yeah. I just one of you remarked like that was like well whatever it was it was it was glorious and oh, beautiful. It was, it was because, perfect. Um, basically like uh, breaking news the boston college helmet cam has produced this video that's <laughs> freight train just bearing down on you in first person which is like it's what Skane it was. was i mean she was incandescent this weekend she was just uh, just incredible to watch like it is it'll simultaneously amazing how good she is and also that this team made and almost won a national semifinal last year without her. Yeah. And right. but yeah. like the 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 notion that she's coming back is is holy F. should should be terrifying to anyone else. On on the and and in, along with that along with other things we've talked about the Northwestern NIL store has a skein train shirt for sale right now. Uh, <laughs> I I encourage all of you not only to buy that shirt, buy it and wear it to one of the football tailgates. Come visit our tailgate with a Skane Train t-shirt on. Um, I just want to see that happen. But I mean, like, I mean, that's a shirt we'd all like to have anyway. And you know that it's actually going to be putting money in the hands of, in the pocket of Izzy Skane, which is what's so great about NIL. But right. I mean, this, this team, and, and again, if we had someone like Noah on right now or 
one of the other great experts on this lacrosse team or one of the players or one of the former players, they would immediately list the laundry list of unbelievable players who haven't even gotten on the field yet for this team, not to mention all of the recruits who are coming in. I mean, this team is, they are loaded for bear right now. Like this is going to be really, really fun to watch going into next season. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation and go Cats. Yeah, so that was uh, the first half of the wonderful uh, weekend of Northwestern sports. Um, take it to, uh, take us down to Tuscaloosa uh, for the Super Regionals, uh, Northwestern versus Alabama. Um, again, this is the second year in a row we've had a, a Super Regional where both teams absolutely deserve to be so, there I'm so and absolutely glad you said this. could have gone further. You know, like yep. Alabama won two out of three, right? Uh, we Northwestern won the first game. Alabama won the second game. They won the third game. Every game was a one-run uh, one game, and both teams played out of their minds good. And you know it's it's a shame that someone had to lose, but at the end of the at the end of the day, there's only one team that finishes the season with a win, and it's not going to be Northwestern this year. But that in no way, shape, or form should take anything away from the amazing season these ladies have, and just how impressive and how remarkable. I mean that that that's that's their own term, like be remarkable. That's the slogan for the softball team, and that is the best way to describe this team. They have they have been remarkable for years and years and years, and this year, absolutely, just remarkable season. I mean, for for all three of us, and I think this is the thing talking about this team, but particularly talking about it now that the run of these super seniors has come to a close. Is it's very very difficult to separate hearts from minds when talking about this team. I just, this is one of the all-time most lovable Northwestern teams that has ever existed. I just, this softball team made you love them and made you root for them so hard over the past two years that it it has been one of the all-time great Northwestern fan experiences. One of the all-time great things we've all been privileged to be a part of, whether you're able to go to the J or not. Um... It wasn't just how good this team was and how clutch it was. It's just, we just like this team so much. They're so easy to root for. You see the joy that they have all the time in the dugout, on the field with each other, the way they bond. Um, you see the way all of these you know young girls go to watch this team at the game, the way they look up, the way these girls were all heroes, right? Our players are heroes. To all the girls in the Midwest, right, who have always wanted to see a team that was this good, that they could look up to like this, that, you know, that wasn't in the South, that wasn't on the West Coast. Um, We talk about impact, impact you have on like the next generation. I mean, this team was that. And And like I said, I'm so glad, Sam, that you brought up last year. It was very apparent that the seeding had created a situation where there were two teams, Northwestern and Arizona State, who deserved to be in the Women's College World Series, and only one of them was going to get there, and Northwestern was the team. And this year, it became very clear, and credit to ESPN for kind of highlighting this, that on paper, there were two teams that were not identical, but unbelievably similar on paper, and one was a five seed and one was a 12 seed, and those two teams each scored six runs over three games. And one game was decided by two runs. The other games were decided by one run. And there, and only one team can go to the World Series. But it was it was two teams, you know, playing so, so well, so, so close. 
And at the end, right, it's like our our unbelievable team just was a single run short of going back uh, to the promised land again. Yeah, watching watching the weekend progress. Um, I don't know. Just, I guess to, to shift and get into the nuts and bolts of of the three games themselves. Yeah, I, for sure. You, know, for you sure. guys have done done a good job, kind of laying mm-hmm. the groundwork, and I have nothing to add on that front. But um, I couldn't help, you know, Northwestern worked so hard to win that that opening game and and played very close to a perfect game. Got to an absolute phenom in in Montana Fouts and. Um, you know, had had a impeccable pitching performance from from Danielle. Did everything they needed to do, um, and then as game two was progressing, and as it stayed tight, it it felt like all the chips were in. And w- when they did not win game two, I I was I was a bit nervous about about yesterday about Sunday, um, and not not that I thought that they couldn't do it or that that. that Alabama was going to outclass them. I just, I just felt like they had, they had left it all on the table and, and, you know, that, that momentum had shifted. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you guys felt similarly, but I think I, I, I I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I felt it too. It's like the opportunity was there in game two and like, yeah, game three absolutely, you know, what was there, but like it felt like game two was the one to get. And felt felt like we were chasing it in game three a little bit. Um, And just, you know, knowing that they were going to rely so much on Danielle throughout the weekend um, and and what it means once, you know, game three, she's what it's her sixth, seventh time through the the Alabama lineup. Um, And that's, you know, that's, that's softball. That's the way it goes. Um, Frankly, she did a phenomenal job in game three too, but um, you'd almost see Fouts kind of starting to get stronger as she went through, um, through the, through the weekend. But I'll, I'll be honest the the, 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 the player for, I'm going to, I'm going to just give some, some plaudits here for Alabama, the player for Alabama that just impressed me so much, um, was Jala Torrance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mentioned her at like, we, we mentioned going in, like we just, we didn't know what this was going to look like. Um, last weekend, we didn't know if Fouts was available. We didn't know if she was not like they had another starter, um, Alex Sarter, who had who had you know done a lot of the legwork in the um, in their regional round, but that Torrance was the one who looked like it'd probably be her be her ball um, if Fouts couldn't go, and to come in in game one and really shut down Northwestern and give her team a chance to come back and win. Now they they did not, but then to to come out in game two and pitch so strong in game two, um, and 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 a player who. I mean, they were remarking on the on the broadcast about this at, at, at one point that she had never even started back to back games until the regional and, or maybe until the super regional. I can't I can't remember all the different things, but she just she had not been in this spotlight um, to this point in the season. And my goodness, she came through in, in huge. So hats off to Torrance, who I thought really, frankly, turned turned this thing for Alabama because um, without her her performance in game two, um, I think we're we're singing a different song right now. My main takeaway to your point is this series ultimately was about the fact that three of the best pitchers in the nation were in this series, um, and Alabama just has two of them, and that's the thing. They discovered that they have this unbelievable number two in yep. Torrance, and, yep. the, and I think you saw Fouts a little shaky at the start of this series, but she – I mean, you realize like she pitched more – in the Tuscaloosa Super Regional, then she had a long period of time running yeah. up to this game. And you saw her kind of settle in. And once she settled in, they were both so good. But at the same time, that was the character of this series. It was a pitcher's duel. Yep. Um, and I mean, and shouts to Lauren Boyd, too, who came out and pitched really well in game two of this series and provided Danielle with a lot of um, key rest. Gave up a couple of runs, but allowed Danielle to come in in a very workable situation and take things the rest of the way, and it ended up being a really tight game. And I think what you saw on both sides, and again, it's credit to both teams' ability to play team defense in the field and the quality of the pitchers, is both of these teams put a lot of runners on and did not cash those those runners into runs. And I think... It was really impressive seeing it from Alabama. Of course, we're so used to it with Danielle Williams, one of the most unflappable athletes any of us have ever seen. 
Um, I mean, we literally were just talking about this at the end of the Evanston Regional. However many players get on, it just has no effect on her. So it's like, you better, I mean, again, that girl put one off the foul pole. I mean, you better be putting them over the fence because <laughs> y- you can, you can open, you can open the inning with a double and then you can have another player hit a single and you can have runners at the corners and she just won't care. She'll get three outs. And I think it was, so on one hand, it was awesome to see that with Danielle um, and juxtapose it again with last year where Arizona State, we just knew that that was just an offensive juggernaut and that was their thing. And then this year it was Alabama's pitching was their thing. And it was kind of fascinating to see the two things. But then at the same time to think like on the whole, Northwestern only scored six runs over the course of this series, but there were still so many moments. Angela Zedak with the home run to start things off in game one. Um Maeve getting robbed of one at the wall, but then Maeve Nelson's last college at bat was a home run in the yep. Tuscaloosa Super Regional, you know? Um, and that, I bet, even I bet, imagine that, imagine that home run went over in game two though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Oh. I know. Oh. I know. It was so close. And I mean, but it's so close to, you know, it's so funny because we've talked about this with Maeve all year long and we talked about it with Noah and we talked about it with Ben Rosenberg and it's like, Maeve's numbers were down this year, but all you're going to remember is the clutch moments because she's one of the most clutch hitters Northwestern's seen. It's like she's a different animal when the chips are down. Yeah. If it's a big moment, she's going to come through, and that's exactly what she did. And and then to see other moments, I mean, Skylar Schellmeyer in her final game. I don't know if she reached base, I want to say, three of the first four times, something like that. I know it was certainly the first two, um, getting on base to start innings. She um, she almost I mean the the chop that she laid down uh, right before Maeve's home run, right in the, so la- in the last inning like I mean like one two inches higher, and right. I don't think the second baseman comes up with it. Right, and then and again it's like there so that was really good. We got to see one more time in the series the Jordan driving Skyler. In, I mean, it's like was such a became such a tradition. Skyler gets on and Jordan gets her home, and so we got to see all those things. Kelsey Nader had a great series, you know, for someone who's a first year coming into a Tuscaloosa Super Regional, had a bunch of clutch hits, um, and so I mean, it was like you're you were just seeing. It's not like everyone didn't have their moments, right? I mean, everyone had their special thing, um, and you saw it from from. Older players, you saw from younger players, it was a whisper tight series. They didn't get the result they wanted. Um, but again, it was like, it's, it was more than enough to just be, I know the team doesn't feel this way, but from our perspective as fans, I mean, it was a finish and it was a series that was worthy of what this team has been over the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we talked about it with Noah a couple of weeks ago, like unlike with lacrosse where, you know, everyone is coming back, you know, this is the last ride for, uh, for the, you know, the five super seniors who came back for the, for that one last go. And, you know, you know, we, we've been talking about how incredible it's been to watch Danielle Williams all of these years. I mean, ever since she was a freshman, <clears throat> you've been you know so excited to see her out there and just, to watch her grow and develop and bloom into just this incredible pitcher that she is and, and the rest of them too. I mean, Jordan Rudd, the best catcher of the country. And like, again, this year as well, I, I, you know, they haven't announced any, you know, gold gloves, but I'd be shocked if she didn't win another one. And like, you know, to have, you know, these women moving on to bigger and better things, but still know that the team behind them is stocked. Yes, right. are, there there are holes to fill, and and we talked about them a little bit with Noah. And there's going to be some that we we don't know for sure until, and we're not going to know until next spring. But like, this team is not going anywhere. Stocked, but also they've 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 shown them the like we've we've talked how the, the the seniors' decision to come back, the super seniors' decision to come back, created this bridge from. The, the the last four years to the next generation and whether it's Nader Robinson, um, Ayanna Lindsay, uh, you know some of these other young players like they got an extra year with these players to see how they work, how they prepare, um, you know to, to to connect Boyd and and 
Williams this year to be able to pitch side by side. Like these things matter for, for development, for confidence, all sorts of other things. I mean, I like, obviously it's a, it's a ton going out the door, but they've, they've left the program in, in they, they've, they've, they've reclaimed um, what this program can be and uh, have set it up for the future in a way that, that is really, really exciting and commendable. Yeah. A thousand percent. Totally agree. I mean, I, it's the same thing on one hand. I'm so excited to see, all the young players we've gotten used to, like right Nader and and Robinson, but even like Los Kaborski who's going to probably most likely step in a catcher, right? Um, yep. And and see these players really get the full time roles. And obviously, right? I mean, filling these shoes, it's it's Titanic. I mean, what the, this group? But we're at once right. So excited to see the next generation. And and obviously, you've got someone like Angela Zedek. I would assume has a decision to make, and we don't know. The, the details on that, but obviously, regardless, you're going to have a huge turnover. Um, and the one other thing too, I mean, I, we want to fond fan farewell also to Sydney Supley, who again, I mean, unless she decides to come back for one more year, which we don't know, but if, if this is it for her, this is someone who not only has been a, a member of the rotation, a valuable member of the team, um, but also has written beautifully about the game and of course came on the pod and, and gave us a great kickoff to the season. So, and, and is my daughter's favorite player. Yeah. is your daughter's (laughs) favorite player and, and gave your daughter a ball to sign. Uh, Well, well, and is, is is doing her own podcast uh, mm -hmm. to give, to give a voice and a platform to other softball players to talk about their preparation, their mentality, their experience, et cetera, which is really exciting. Right. And I think, I think we all know Sydney is going to have a, long and productive career in in sports media if she decides to go that road but regardless i mean it's just one more thing to circle back around to like we along with so many other people just loved this team over the past two years so much it's the reason the jay was so packed you know these past two years and it just just thank you thank you for just giving us that giving us that that and that along with lacrosse. God, where would we have been without these past two springs? I, I don't know. But uh, man, man, did they fill us up. Anything else to uh, to mention on this front? Or well, we... well, uh, hey, Homefield, while you're putting on that eighth star for lacrosse, like get us a damn softball shirt, please. Yeah, please. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Under Armour. How can I, I like the pinstripes, the purple pins? Oh yeah, the soft, pinstripes are the purple pins, softball shirts. Just put them on the store and take our money. That's all I ask. Just make make it happen. Um, so you know this kind of wrapping, you know, putting the bow on on spring sports. You know, as, as we transition into summer, um, you know, we're we've got our our summer previews coming up soon. Uh, but you know, we're going to maybe take a a week or two. We've got, um, we're working on a real special guest, uh, coming up here in the next week or so. And, you know, I think we're, everyone's going to be really excited, uh, to hear from this person once we get it all put together. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. But, uh, you know, we might take a week or two off, uh, to get everything ready for this upcoming football season, our summer previews, um, you know, put a lot, we put a lot of work into those. So I, I'm, I'm sure, Bear with us for just a couple weeks. It's summer vacation. You know the kids are out of school and and, and whatnot. Um, so we will maybe take a week or two off here or there. But before we before we do that, I one real huge shout out uh, to the Northwestern hockey program. I, can I? Can yeah. I? Yeah. A, a, a quick preamble here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we want those purple pinstripes. We want the different. It's just sad that. Regardless of what any other Northwestern team does, only one Northwestern team can have the best jersey in Northwestern sports. <laughs> Major shout outs to the uh, Northwestern hockey program, especially uh, Coach Ari Lifschutz, who hooked us up with three of the most gorgeous jerseys you've ever seen. The Northwestern uh, Skyline jerseys. Oh my God, they're incredible on in every way, shape, or form. For those of you who got in on their fundraiser, I hope you have your jerseys right now. They're amazing. If you missed them, hopefully they'll they'll have another run at them because these are just too good to not keep you know keep printing because they're just phenomenal. 
thank you so much uh, for for flying the flag of hockey. Um, you know, we're into Stanley Cup final here, um, and you know, it, it's a it's a fun time for hockey. So, again, thank you so much. They're amazing. No, no shade to any other Northwestern sports teams, but um, you know, I don't I don't get up to, to Evanston all that often, but, uh, I am, I am absolutely prioritizing an opportunity to, uh, to do something with our, with our friends on the hockey side. Um, when I'm up there again this next year, cause, uh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, and, and like, look, football has the gothics, football has the grapes, football has the stormtroopers, right? A lot of the women's teams have the white gothics, softball has the pins, baseball has the pins. Those are all fantastic. And if you haven't seen the pictures, you might be saying, well, how can there be a jersey that's better than I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just the best jersey I've ever. <laughs> if, if it was if it was me, someone would be like, hey, do you do any activities? And I'd be like, yeah, I play club hockey. And they'd be like, yeah, we know because you never take the jersey <laughs> off ever. You just wear it around campus all the time. That's what I would do if I had. I mean, and I mean, these jerseys are just incredible. You'll. As soon as the weather gets cold during football season, you will see us at the at the tailgate wearing these things because they are incredible. But yeah, to Scuzz's point though, we are we are going to get out for some club hockey next year, and we will definitely organize some outings um, to get everyone out and, and watch this team because it's because if the team is even a tenth as fun to watch as these jerseys are to wear, then it's going to be an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, anything else to mention before we get out of here tonight? Just to reiterate two things, the two things that you said um, a second ago. One, I feel like we say this every year because every year we're onboarding more listeners. The Big Ten previews are going to be starting up you know, in, in a, a couple weeks down the road, and we really work hard on these. We take a lot of pride in them. Um, we really try to work so that by the end of the summer – y'all feel like you really understand the whole conference. And, you know, we may not be right on everything. Then there's Nebraska. But aside from Nebraska, <laughs> Which we, are we may right not on. be right. We may not be right on everything. Um, and but but we put a lot of effort into them. And then the other thing, and Sam kind of teased it, we'll, like our, our intent is to get you guys out the door in late spring with a with uh, a pod before we kind of go into the summer with a really special guest that we're putting together but we think you guys are really going to enjoy it uh, so with that we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight uh, head to our website westlawpirates.com where you can leave comments and questions find us on facebook twitter and instagram at westlawpirates and email the show westlawpirates at gmail.com tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on northwestern athletics and look for us in the westlaw ryan field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter especially the fourth for John LeCombe and Eric Scousby and Sam Walter, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.